Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. I'm excited to be back. Over the summer, we actually had some of our best of episodes. And so for those of you who tuned into those, I hope you enjoyed our favorite episodes from the past year. And coming up here next month, we actually hit our one year anniversary for the Wiser Financial Advisor. It'll be our episode 52, and that will be worth celebrating for sure. But glad to be back, excited to kind of have kids back in school, get into the fall mode. I I think everybody just kind of appreciates the reality of the seasons and the fact that we've got seasons of the year, we've got seasons in our careers and seasons in life as well. So one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is what makes a great advisor. One of the reasons why it's on my mind these days is that we're actually going to be starting to search for the next advisor that we hire here at Keystone Financial. And so again, it got me thinking about really what makes a great advisor? What are the attributes that you're really looking for in somebody to know if they're going to be a good fit to be working with clients and making an impact on people's lives? Many of you know me and have known me for many, many years. But if you think back to our earliest days, some of you have been working with me since my probably early 20s, something like that was when I first got into this industry. And you might wonder, well, how do people get into this business to begin with? Well, these days, there actually is a college track for this. There are actual financial planning programs or being a finance major, you can choose a financial planning emphasis at many university programs, including locally here. We've got Colorado State University and have had some great interns that we've worked with over the years that have come through that program. But Back when I became an advisor, you really didn't have that. There wasn't a college degree in financial planning or anything close to that. And so you had to kind of get into this business a different way. For me, the way that I got to do what I'm doing right now is that, first of all, I think my mom early, early on in my life, she got me curious about money and business and so forth. So those seeds probably were planted pretty darn early in my life, but I kind of forgot about that until I got into college and I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point. I just knew that, hey, you need to get a degree and you need to learn and kind of build your mind and your connections and things like that. But in the end, I chose political science just because that was what I was interested in. And I figured that political science was a good major, whether I went the business route or I went to law school afterwards, I thought that would be a good fit. And I was right, actually. I may have gone on to law school, but I happened upon the financial industry by working at a credit union. So I was working at a grocery store called Hy-Vee. For those of you who are familiar with the Midwest, Hy-Vee still is a big chain of grocery stores back there. And in the Hy-Vee that I worked in, of course, I did all the menial jobs, the 
uh, cashiering and garbage and stocking shelves, all that stuff. It was actually a really good job. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the work and the relationships there. But uh, one of my friends got hired at the credit union that was located inside the grocery store. And in talking with him, he said, yeah, it's pretty great. Not only do they pay more, but your schedule's better. And you know, you're learning about money and you're not working in the dirt and grime and all that stuff. So I thought that would be a good thing and really pursued that and got hired actually at a different location than he was at. But that was great. It, it worked out fine. I actually ended up being a great fit for them. And I got promoted several times while I was still in college and shortly after graduation. But I figured out that that probably wasn't like doing loans, doing accounts, that sort of thing. That was fun. But it wasn't going to be very financially rewarding, and I was going to kind of hit my ceiling pretty quickly. Fortunately enough, though, it was a big enough credit union program that they had financial advisors. And I went and started talking to those guys about how they got into this business and also talked to some other advisors in the community that I knew and asked them that question. How did you get to be in this business? How did you get to be successful? Some of those basic questions. I love that when people call me and ask me those questions because I remember myself doing that and it ended up being a great path for me. So anyway, what ended up happening is I talked to these guys and figured out because I was a little bit depressed. Actually, I figured out that would be really fun, but I should have been a finance major. I should have, you know, kind of gone down that business path. It's too late for me. I'm already going into my senior year at this point. And they said, no, you do not have to have a business degree or a finance degree. And in fact, there are some other attributes that I'll cover here in a little bit. There are some other attributes that are even more important than that. And largely, it's going to have to be a desire from you to really get into this business and work really hard. It's going to take a lot of effort on your part, not just because you need to be smart, you need to learn some stuff, but also you've got to actually put yourself out there and be in a position where you've got some entrepreneurial mindset that you need to kind of have. You need to be able to find clients to work with and to be able to ask for people's business and not just be able to help them, but be able to build a business doing them. In the end, I ended up not getting hired at that program, but I moved to Colorado. I just knew somebody was going to hire me. I kind of moved out here without a job, actually. And I worked for Pepsi for a little bit, just kind of throwing pop, uh, work, working on the trucks and filling grocery store shelves, that sort of thing for a few months just to pay the rent. But I knew that somebody was going to hire me. I just needed to be persistent. And I was, you know, I basically talked to a lot of different firms and companies. And back then, at least, and really, it's still this way to a, a large extent to get into the industry and get hired, is that you actually have to have somebody hire you and then get licensed. The trick is, is that nobody really wants to hire you unless you're licensed. And so I, I was kind of stuck in a lot of cases that People didn't want to hire me because I didn't have the license and didn't have that experience level that they could just kind of get me going right away. They'd have to actually invest in me at the beginning. Fortunately, I did find somebody who gave me a chance. And back then it was called A.G. Edwards, but I interviewed and went through the whole process. They had some pretty extensive evaluations, some really hard math that you had to do on paper without a calculator, you know, all that stuff. And I ended up getting through all of their process and doing really, really well. So I felt great. The The guy I was talking to, he said, you did great. You're one of the highest scores that we've seen in recent history, blah, 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 blah. But he said, but we're not going to hire you. 
why, why would you not hire me? You just said I'm going to be great. He said, because you don't know anybody. You're not from here. You don't know anybody. And you're going to have a heck of a time building a business when you really don't have any relationships. That's going to take some time for you to do that. You're probably not going to be successful here. But I've got a friend. He said, I've got a friend who's a bank manager and they actually do need a financial advisor in their bank program right now. Why don't you go contact this guy, go interview? Long story short, I did get hired and they really did take that chance on me. I was there for a couple of years and then I got a headhunter call uh, from a credit union, which is was called HP Credit Union at the time and kind of moved on to a few other names and mergers and so forth. But I got hired there, was there for about 10 years and then started my own business here in town. So I wanted to kind of give you that flyover because it's not exactly an easy business to get into traditionally, you kind of have this chicken egg thing going on as far as experience and license and people that you know, and so forth. So it's really hard for a lot of folks to actually break into this industry and be successful. But there are a few attributes that I can tell you really make a great financial advisor. And this is what we look for when we hire financial advisors here at Keystone Financial Services. You know, I want to preface this just by saying that there are some basics that you need to kind of have down. You need to be a reasonably smart person and have a good personality and, you know, be able to solve problems, be a self-starter. There's some just basic things that you need to be able to do. And so it does help to have some experience and work experience in other environments that you've kind of picked those things up. So I'm going to just assume that people kind of expect that. But there are three key things, though, that are really, really crucial for somebody to be successful, not only be able to do the job uh, right intellectually or actually be able to physically do the job, but also just personality wise need to have dialed in. One of those, number one, is that they need to like people. Ultimately, this is a people business. And that's why my friend at the credit union years ago said, no, you don't have to have been a finance major or a business major. Your number one thing that you need to have is you've got to have people skills. You need to like people. Ultimately, you're going to be around people an awful lot. You need to have a personality that can kind of connect with people. You know, there are a few different things that kind of come from that. One of the things that pops into my mind is that, you know, if you like people, it can't really be all about you. If you've got a super high ego and you're making it all about yourself, that's going to be hard for you to connect with people. People pick up on that pretty quickly and ultimately they need to know that you care uh, or they're not going to want to deal with you. And that's just something I think that we all just know. Um, but we don't like to deal with people like that. Typically we like people that are like us. Ultimately we kind of like to have people that like to connect and have good personalities. They need to have a certain amount of humility there's a certain amount of confidence they need too, but a certain amount of humility and being curious enough and making it about other people, not just about yourself. You need to like people because this is a people business. I know a lot of people who have tried to get into the industry in the past that were very, very smart people, engineers and other, uh, you know, very kind of high level uh, intelligence occupations. And they didn't make it because they weren't people people. They thought, well, I like the numbers and I like doing analysis and so forth. They would not succeed as a financial planner, a financial advisor, because that's a people job. Number two is that you need to enjoy solving problems and be very good at solving problems. In other words, you need to be very curious. You need to have 
a certain amount of collaboration that you're willing to do with a client because a successful financial planning relationship, it's a partnership between the planner and the client or clients. Say if it's a husband, wife, for example, you may be dealing with a couple of different people in that individual household. Collaboration is pretty darn important. And then again, having humility, having confidence, but having the humility to be able to know that you don't have all the answers and there's a lot that you don't know. So being able to enjoy solving problems, being very creative, being very curious, and being able to do that in an environment of uncertainty. That's one thing that I really enjoy about this industry, actually, and running a business is that every day when I come to work, I don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know what the market's going to do that day. We don't know what sorts of world events are going to happen, political and otherwise there's a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of things that are going to happen in the future that we can't predict as far as what politicians might do. Again, what the market might do, what interest rates, inflation. So even the Fed chairman, the president, you think about the people who supposedly have all the information. Well, they don't either. And if they're honest, they will tell you that we are making our best guess as far as what's going to happen. We've got all kinds of analysis and data and everything like that, but they don't even know. And a lot of times they don't even get it right. So being able to have have confidence and be able to solve problems in an environment of uncertainty, sometimes extreme uncertainty. Think back to times like when the COVID pandemic first hit and the market dropped 30% within a couple of weeks. Think about the financial crisis back in 2008, 2009, when the market dropped over 50%. Ultimately, you need to be able to enjoy solving problems and just embracing the fact that there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. And of course, we don't know what's going to happen in people's lives. And so that's part of the fun is that people don't know what what's going to happen next year. Uh, their company could offer an awesome retirement package and they end up being able to retire early or something could happen health wise. They could have a parent that passes away. There's all kinds of stuff that happens every single day that we have the honor as financial planners of being in a very, very intimate role with clients in the sense that we get to know all these things that are happening in people's lives and be able to guide them through that as things unfold. And then finally, I think this is really, really crucial. Again, these are all crucial, but this one is probably the most important of the three is that people that are financial planners and financial advisors and ones that are the best, they have the heart of a teacher. And what I mean is that they don't necessarily need to be a teacher. They don't have to have a teaching degree, a certificate or something like that, but they need to have the heart of a teacher because ultimately this is about financial education and helping people understand what's going on with their money, helping people understand how the financial world works and all the things that are happening out there in the world that their decision points will affect. You enjoy teaching one-on-one -on -one and you also enjoy teaching to groups. Now, these days we do a lot of financial education on Zoom, on webinars, things like that, but also being able to get up in front of people. Most people, I would say, including myself, that probably wasn't their first choice as far as being their favorite thing to do. And it's one of those things that you just kind of have to get over and start doing it in most occupations and most pastime sports, things like that. You can intellectually look at things and study things all day long, but until you do it, until you step out there and do it, you're really not going to get good at it. And so there is a certain amount of confidence in yourself that you've got to have that you're just going to figure things out and be able to move on. A great financial planner needs to like people and be good at relationship. The second thing is being able to enjoy solving 
solving problems and be able to do that in an environment of uncertainty and sometimes extreme uncertainty when there's a lot of stuff that we just need to admit that we don't know. We need to be honest. Whoever you want to look at in the world, no matter how smart they are or how much information they've got, ultimately they know if they're good, they know that they don't have all the information. And so they need to count for that as they're making decisions. And then finally, having the heart of a teacher. I think that's so crucial. We put ourselves in a position where we're here to teach. We're here to help clients learn about the financial world, about their money, and help them make great decisions because ultimately it is a collaboration and an environment where people are working on stuff together, not just a dictatorship where you've got somebody making all the decisions about somebody's money. In fact, I think that's a very poor financial relationship if you've got an advisor or planner that they just kind of do everything make all the decisions and the client's not involved. I think that's terrible. People want to understand, not just be told what to do. They want to be educated and be able to make those decisions together. Those are some great things to be thinking about. When you think about those attributes, are those matching up with your relationship with that person? If they're not, then you might want to start asking some questions and maybe even going out and interviewing other financial planners or advisors. It also could be that you're listening to this and maybe you're doing some career exploration or maybe it's your kids, your grandkids that are doing some career exploration and they're trying to figure out, hey, is that an occupation that could make sense for me? And what would be my path into that? There's a formal educational track now at a lot of universities for people who want to become certified financial planners. And firms that would be hiring them typically are looking for somebody with those attributes. Again, reasonably smart. You've got to have some intelligence behind yourself too. But ultimately, we're looking for people who have great personalities and really want to collaborate with people. So if you're working with us, I hope you can say that that's true of your relationship with us. I think it is. And if you're working with somebody else, um, if that relationship is great and it matches up, that's great as well. I'm glad that you found somebody that you've connected with. If you are a student and interested in talking about about careers. And even if it doesn't end up being with us, we always enjoy talking with people and helping people out, regardless whether you become an employee, you become a client, if you're on the client end of things. Ultimately, here at Keystone Financial Services, we want to be here to add value in whatever way that we can. So if you are a student and you're looking for career guidance, we're happy to talk to you about that. If you are somebody who's out there and you're wondering, hey, how do I hire a great advisor? Or maybe is Keystone going to be a good fit for me? Please reach out to us. So thanks for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed this first episode back from our break. And I hope you enjoyed the best of episodes. For those of you who have not listened to those, those are our favorite favorite episodes from the past year. So please give those a listen. Help us promote the podcast. That's really helpful when you refer your friends, your family. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your favorite service, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google. We are on all the major services. And of course, you could just shoot your friend an email and your or your neighbor, your coworker, let them know, hey, this was a great episode. Give it a listen. We think that's awesome when we're getting new viewers, new listeners to our different content pieces. Thank you very much for supporting the Wiser Financial Advisor this past year. We're always looking for feedback. So please let us know if there's any topics or interview guests that you'd like us to be talking to. Have a great week and God bless. 
The opinions voiced in the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with host Josh Nelson are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor.